sinned against you. He drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and He set my feet upon a rock. The rock is Jesus Christ. Making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Came out a changed man. You look at the life of Saul, he never went through any of that. Even in his confession, he was wanting to do it for show. This, one te- this psalm tells us, when we're in the pit, we cry out. And you put a new song in our, ma- in our, in our heart, in our, in our mouth. The new song is, I proclaim the things of God. I thank the Lord for what He has done. And transition is in your life. You begin to be a new creature in God. Since I already mentioned Psalm 1, I'm going to go back to it. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on this law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does prospers. Keep that in mind. Look at Psalm 2 for a minute. Why do the nations rage? Or assemble uh, in, a, in a way that is boisterous? Why do the nations rage or, or, or assemble in a way that is boisterous? Both are in that meaning. And the people's plot in vain. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against His anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. This is the way the world works. And while Saul didn't say those words exactly, that's where he was coming from. I don't need the Lord. In a sense, they're shaking their fist at God and saying, I don't have to do it your way. I'll do it my way. And they take counsel together. Saul found a good man. I'll take him into my counsel. Take him into my. Saul wasn't looking for for counsel from Samuel. If he listened to Samuel, he'd have done what Samuel said. He wasn't listening for counsel from God. He was taking his own counsel, and or the counsel of of, of the world, if you will. He he wasn't listening to God. And the final picture of the way the world looks at the things of God, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. Let's not be bound by the things of the Word of God. That's too strict. It's too old. It's archaic. It's whatever. And we hear that today a lot. Next scene, that's the scene on earth. The next scene is in heaven. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision or uh, ridicule. Then He will speak to them in His wrath and terrify them in His fury, saying, As for Me, I have set My King 
on Zion, my holy hill. I've already got a plan for the world. I already have a king. It's not any of you, and it's not any of your lineage. I have set my king. Notice it's capital K. The response of the psalmist to this, I will tell of the decree the Lord said to me, You are my son, today I have begotten you. And ask me, and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potsherd's vessel. When was that ever said directly to David? Who was that said to? It was said to the king he's appointed. Jesus will control everything. So, here's the final statement. Therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoicing with trembling. Kiss the Son, capital S, lest He be angry and you perish in the way. For His wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all those who take refuge in Him. You want to know how you want to get into this system of, 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 of right with God? Take your refuge in His plan with His Son who is the King already appointed and rest in Him. Isn't that what we do here in the sense of our teaching in, in churches? We, we, we believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and the only way to be resting in Him is to confess Him with our mouth and believe in our heart that He is the Son of God risen from the dead. When we take refuge in Christ, we choose not to take our counsel from the world. Back into Psalm 1 now. We choose to not take our counsel from the world. But we look to take our counsel from God. This is where Saul had blown it. He was anointed, called by God through Samuel, to come and be the king. And he chose to do it his own way. God's saying, no, do it my way. Come to me. Don't walk in the counsel of the world. The world, the counsel is back over here in Psalm 2. You know, don't, don't try to bust the cords of God and do it your own way. Walk not in the counsel of the wicked, neither stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the, in the seat of the scoffers. Take your delight in the law of the Lord. Meditate it on it day and night. Remember in, in Deuteronomy chapter 6 when we went over the Shema? Written on the doorpost, written on the gate, written and, and wound up and carried in a frontal on the, on the forehead, written on, in bands that were ripped right, wrapped around the wrist. The idea was the word is, is to, it was to remind me, I am a person of God. I am a, a man, a woman, a child of God. If we take this avenue, 
We don't look to the world for our counsel, but we look to the Word of God for our counsel and our direction. We become like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither, and all that it does prospers. And the idea is it does everything that God called that tree to do. We produce the best fruit because we're at the stream. And by the way, the stream is a canal. It's actually a word for a canal that's man-made that directs the water. And so God has put us by his water system. (laughs) And it is nurturing us. And we will produce the things that God needs us to produce. We will prosper at His work. Saul was rejected in, Saul, in, in chapter 15. In his ministry or his, his, his kingdom, his work, his life went downhill from that to his suicide in chapter 31. In chapter 16, David is anointed. You remember what Saul said, or Samuel said to Saul, your king will be torn from you and it's going to be given to your neighbor. Referring to David. And through the rest of this chapter, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19 and stuff like that, is David comes into the picture and then he has his Victories. He becomes a. You see, he attracted. He saw a man powerful, and 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 then the people started shouting. What did they start shouting? Saul's killed his thousands, but David's killed his ten thousands or thousands on thousands. Got jealous, even though David takes Saul's daughter for his wife. He goes after him. Goes after David. David has to run. He hides. He has the opportunity to kill, but doesn't. He has the opportunity to kill Saul, but doesn't. Because he believes one thing that Saul isn't even missing. Who appointed him? God. So next week we'll look at, at David in the transition in character. Two completely different people. But we all know, if I, if I were to tell you, say to you, Saul, what do you know about Saul? And, and tell me something you know, that you knew before you came in here about Saul. You might have said, well, yeah, he committed suicide. <laughs> or or he, he was king of, of the first king of, 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 of Israel. But we come to David and we start and we ask, what do you know about David? And some of you are going to say he killed, a Goli- he killed Goliath with a slingshot. That's what the kids cling to, boy. Yeah, he killed Goliath with a slingshot. How big was Goliath? Nine foot six. Uh, and he killed him with a slingshot? He had weaver beam spears with 16 pound heads on him. You know, and he killed him with a slingshot? By the way, David was already anointed at that point. God had a plan for his life. I could say, though, was David perfect? And immediately Bathsheba jumps into mind. So I'm going to be careful not go any further than this because that's next week's message. 
God has called us out of this world to not think like the world. The world cries out, if you'll just give me this, I'll be okay. The Hebrew people, if you just give me a king like the rest of the world. And we kind of tend to do that. If I only had, I would be happy. Or I would be content. I have known some very, very sad wealthy people. I've known a couple very wealthy people who committed suicide. I can tell you, from what I have seen, not necessarily experienced, but what I have seen, great wealth doesn't mean great happiness. But only win the lottery. What makes us who we are in the sense of having great joy is to recognize that God has heard our cry, pulled us out of the pit of miry clay, the pit of destruction, the pit of our own making, and has set us on the rock, Jesus Christ. He has appointed His King, and His King is sovereign over all things. And Jesus, who was with God and was God, according to verse 14 of John chapter 1, became flesh and dwelt among us. And in the flesh, He took the, the, the penalty of the pit of destruction on Himself. On our behalf. We will never know the ultimate end of the pit of destruction because Jesus has done that for us. We can talk about it, we can hear about it, but we will never know it personally because of what Jesus has done. That should just amaze you. And every time we share in communion, that's what we're talking about. And Jesus uh, told us very clearly that that in the communion supper, as he set it up with the disciples, that he says, uh, I'm not going to do this again until I've come and established my kingdom. Which means that when we share communion, we're not only talking about what Jesus has done, but we're talking about what Jesus is doing and He is going to do all at the same time. Jesus said very clearly, and you, hopefully all of you have these, these packets. Uh, that would you do this in remembrance of Him. So to do this, we want to prepare for this. We want to sing a song. Prepare our hearts to take communion together. We have these packets. Uh, if you haven't got one, you can go out to the table and get one for yourself. And uh, we'll have uh, communion together in just a moment. Bowing here, I found.
can run deep. Your grace is more where your grace is found is where you are, where you are. Lord, I am free. Holiness is Christ in me. Where you are, Lord, I am free. Holiness is Christ in me. Lord, I need you. comes my way and when I cannot stand I fall on you Jesus you're my hope and stay and when I cannot stand I fall on you Jesus you're my hope and stay Lord I need you How much do we need the Lord? We need Him every hour of every day. And I think again of that, the psalm, it says, meditate on Him day and night. To meditate on Him day and night doesn't mean you take your Bible out necessarily and read of it every, every few minutes. But that you read enough of the Word, that you've meditated on the Word enough, that you've put it into your heart in such a way that when you look around the world, you look at it with the eyes of Jesus Christ and it makes you think, makes you pray, gives you hope. Jesus gave to Paul a picture of, of communion that I'd like to share with you this morning. He says, I received from the Lord but I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the night when He was betrayed took bread. And when He had given thanks, He broke it and He said, This is My body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of Me. Paul writes further, in the same way also, Jesus took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in My blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of Me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death 
until He comes. So we're celebrating as we drink this together the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're looking forward to it. Maranatha, come soon, Lord Jesus. Father, we come to You and we thank You for Your Word which opens our heart. How You let us see in different places in Your Word what happens when man rejects You and refuses to come to You on Your terms and what happens when man receives You and even though falls short, comes back to You with a sincere and broken heart. And so we come to You, Lord, with hearts that say, Lord, make us over again. Renew us. Strengthen us. Cause us to walk close to You. Not to look to the world for our, our direction, but to seek our counsel from You. From each other. Through Your men of God, that through our elders, through our leaders. We thank You. We worship You. We praise You. We ask that You would go with us today. Open our eyes as we might see the world around us through Yours. In Jesus' name, Amen. Would you stand as we close? Thank You for being here this morning. Lord bless. Have a good rest of the day.